Build a seven lines up for this one. The odds are out now. Eight to five on number two, Lady Rocket for Brad Cox, Irat Ortiz. I know, know how you feel about the Cox. So what are you thinking? <laughs> uh, well, I hate to say it now after you, after you introduced it like that, you jackass. Um, I think Lady Rocket is a there were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared Who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it Started a website where players go to see all their picks The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to So next time that the horses all line up at the post Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most whether churchill oakland Gulfstream parks and matoga and all tracks in between there's only one side to go to when it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets what is up i'm jared welch darren halterman this is blinkers off hey we're coming up to uh coming at you guys early today how you going how's it going alterman oh yeah coming out this weekend in South Carolina, and I said, uh, "Yeah, I know the family's going to be here in like an hour, and then I'm going to just be fucked for the rest of the day." So, so let's get this over with now, uh, so to speak. So, yeah, here we are. You uh, just for the for the people at home listening, uh, you you cut out a little bit there, so I'll, uh, you oh, no. you probably have shitty internet. I'm going to guess where you're at, and uh, but no, he's at a wedding in South Carolina, and shit's about to get real. So, you guys got there like. What you like just well in advance, like just to prep yourselves or what? Uh, we didn't want to travel on Thursdays because dudes who bet sports, blinkers off, uh, usually record videos with magic. So I said, well, I don't really want to travel Friday with the wedding being Saturday. So we traveled Wednesday to avoid uh, missing shows and stuff. So, um, yeah, internet, I, it's been pretty good today. It was good through the dudes who bet sports show. Hopefully it's, it's better as we go on here and we don't have that again. Are you in the, are you in the hotel? Yes. Right now? Yeah. yeah. So what I know, I know the, I know the Buck family very well, and I can imagine this is going to be quite the shindig. So uh, what's the, what's the plan? What's, you know, what's, what's you guys all in like a block of, of rooms together, this hotel shit about a shit about to get nuts. I mean, what's, what's the game plan in uh, Is it Charleston, South Carolina? Yeah. Charleston, South Carolina, like an old, old uh, town here in the South. Pretty, pretty nice uh, area so far. Haven't been out too much, been working today, but yeah, I think once we get done here, gonna gonna go out on the town and kind of see what it's all about, and then I'm sure you know Saturday wedding day will be will be pretty crazy once the thing gets over with. So yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be fun, man. Like I said, I think the plane just landed uh, carrying most of the Buck family, so we'll see what happens now that they're here. <laughs> did you feel did you feel the ground shake a little bit? Did it shimmer? Would you? <laughs> I, I felt my phone vibrate because Casey Buck is already calling me, uh, mm. so I know I know that they're on the ground. So <laughs> we'll I just, see what happens. <laughs> I, I just hope you and uh, Uncle P don't have another accident this time around. You know, I don't know, maybe. I don't think you can afford that on uh, on a wedding weekend. I I think Uncle P. It'll be interesting uh, to see if he's in in uh, on his best behavior after his performance. <laughs> 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 
So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Oh, uh, Aunt Laura <laughs> might have maybe maybe put a little bit of a, a little talking into a little fear of God into uh, into he, Uncle P before this trip. He may have got neutered after that trip. <laughs> Gelded. Uh, yeah, he's been gelded. He's uh he's stretching back out though, but he's gonna you'd probably be a different horse today. So this weekend <laughs> he'll probably run about fifth. Uh, I'll be happy to report uh if he has been gelded or not. Because <laughs> we're gonna find out tonight, probably. I really we'll see hope, how he goes. So <laughs> I really hope he hears this podcast. That's yeah. uh, somehow I hope he's listening. Uh all right, yeah, welcome to uh Another episode of Blinkers Off. Uh, you know, we'll get into it. Obviously, a big weekend following uh, uh, kind of the first big weekend post Breeders' Cup last weekend with, of course, the Clark and, and Maxfield going out a winner. How about that? Uh, you know, that was, you know, that let's talk about that race a little bit. It was interesting uh, that kind of how that played out. He ran a fantastic, maybe his best race of his career, saved it all for the end. What do you think of Maxfield? I thought the key to the race uh, was Maxfield was able to sit closer to the pace than normal. And I thought that was huge. And then I thought uh, midnight bourbon kind of just ran like dog shit and I helped out a little bit too. So but honestly though, I thought Maxfield, yeah, it was a really, really strong race from him. And, and uh, it's, it's fun to watch a horse run its last race and go out as a winner, especially a horse like that. Who's been pretty popular. So yeah, I was happy to see him win, for sure. That was that was nice. Racing for the eighth pole here at Churchill, and Maxfield has taken the lead. It's Maxfield in front. Midnight Bourbon battles on Gamely, and Happy Savers closing down the center of the track. There's a 16th to go. It's Maxfield in front. Happy Savers finding stride late in the game. Maxfield digs down deep to win it. Maxfield wins the Clark. His Churchill dominance continues. Or do you think that had he not ran like dog shit midnight bourbon like do you think he would have maxfield still would have won like do you think he ran good enough to win no matter what or do you think it was a kind of a combination of the two i mean the numbers say no that numbers say that you know if midnight bourbon would have ran back to his number he would have won but um you know is it to the point now with him or it's just like he just loses that's just kind of what he does so maybe until he wins one don't don't really have confidence in him I mean, that's where I was after that. It was like, wow, like you had things set up for you. You should have been able to win. Um, and if you believe the numbers, they ran slow enough for you to win and you still didn't do it, you know? So I, I don't know what to do with him at this point. Yeah. I mean, that, that might be the case, but he also just, I mean, he ran extra shitty. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he gave, he, he kind of threw in the towel much earlier than, you know, you kind of knew. Yeah. You knew too, at the top of the turn, you knew, well, he's done. And you kind of thought, uh oh, Maxfield's going to win this thing. And uh, didn't you happened. didn't you kind of when he broke and it was just like you could tell it was like funky break and he like went inwards and he stumbled and it's like oh god he's yeah. not he's not gonna run today <laughs> i know it's uh it's interesting right with the uh you know the whole Askewson angle and uh what's going on with some of his horses right now and you know can he come back and get some of these horses back and We'll find out. I mean, obviously, Midnight Bourbon is a horse that we'll see plenty of. Uh, we've talked a lot about that horse. Obviously, what he'll do, he's only a three-year-old course, so what we'll see from him uh, as a four-year-old. He's obviously had – I mean, he, he definitely had a massive campaign this year. I mean, he's ran yeah. all over the place, and he's ran in all the big ones, and other than, of course, the classics. So uh, he's probably due for a break. And, uh, yeah, but, no, the weekend was amazing. 
Thanksgiving weekend was great. Uh, Chad Brown finally was able to win a race at Del Mar. How about that? That was kind of weird. Like, his horse was very, like, talk about really like dog shit. Uh, he couldn't win a damn turf race at Del Mar. No, he was awful. He was awful. He did finally win Regal Glory 1. Uh, you know, some logical winners at Del Mar, but but you had to go a little deep to get there. You know, maybe third or fourth choice for some of us to get there. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a really, like I said, it was a really entertaining week. Uh, Pink Lloyd goes out a winner as well. I thought that was awesome to see up at, up at Woodbine. So, yeah, it was, it was overall a, a lot of fun this weekend for sure. I mean, I always really enjoy Thanksgiving weekend for the racing now. Um, and I don't think it disappointed. It was, it was strong. It was, it was what we expected. Yeah. I'm sure you and magic were, you know, were, uh, holding hands, watching that race together with pink Lloyd, because I know how big a fan, especially magic is. Yeah. And that, what's amazing about that horse is that the horses, I don't know. I know that I saw the video with magic, what he did, but I think it was like 2 million or something along those lines of what the horse earned in his career and never left Ontario ever, you know, just, um, just kind of a, a kind of a crazy horse that they never really took a shot so to speak with the horse they just kind of kept running the horse in the same kind of races and and just kept racking up the bank i mean literally at atm pink lloyd's within a length of the leader and down the outside super stonehenge pink lloyd coming it's clayton joined by pink lloyd on the outside pink lloyd and richie's in the house pink lloyd's in front pink lloyd monumental again has won his final race in glory second richie's in the house clayton is third and then tap it to win a fairy tale ending in 1884 we salute the mighty pink lloyd yeah he, he would run in the same stakes uh, every year up there you know not only the same track but the same stakes it, it was crazy it was crazy uh, the kind of campaign, but yeah, he was just, I mean, there were a few years there and I say a few, cause he ran so many, there were a few years. Like I think they could have taken him somewhere and he would have won, you know, this year, not as much. He was kind of hitting, hitting this this year, but it was, it was just fantastic to see him go out with a win. Uh, that was, that was fun to see. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know. I guess I don't get that mindset. I mean, I, I've never owned a horse like Pink Floyd, so I guess, I don't know, but I mean, it just seems like if you have a horse running that good, all the you know very consistently like i would at least want to i'd be interested to be like what's it hurt to go take the horse to churchill or keeneland or something just to give it a shot you have like an iowa bread an arkansas bread and you are pretty damn sure they can't win outside of it i get it but yeah pink lloyd why not try it uh, uh chub wagon right like they ran her in some weird spots this year. Why not try it? I'm the same way as you. Yeah. I, it, especially if one was running numbers and, and, and blowing out fields. Uh, oh yeah. And, yeah. That's yeah. I mean, if, if, if Pink Lloyd's is like running, you know, sub level numbers, but still kind of managing to squeak out wins, you're like, well, clearly the horse is, is good, but not great. Winning against shittier horses here. We know what we have, but when you're just beating the shit out of fields and, and just doing it with ease, you're kind of. It feels like with Pink Lloyd for a lot of times. I mean, yeah, the horse. I think had to get you know had to kind of empty the tank, so to speak, towards the end of the career. But you know, yeah. those, some of those races, like the horse never left first gear, and you're mm -hmm. like, well, you know, you know how good he was. So um, yeah. at those times, so yeah, that I think I would have tried, but again, you know, the horse weighed however much money. Um, Hard to, hard to say they did much wrong with the wars, right? So yeah, yeah, hard to argue with two million plus for sure. What was the? Let me let me pull up that real fast because I feel like the numbers are staggering. Um, the horse, yeah, one point. 
1.8 is what the total was. So one almost 2 million. 29 for 38 starts, 29 wins. Wow. So wow. It was amazing is you know 29 and 3 seconds and 2 thirds. So I mean the horse basically won every time he <laughs> entered the track and if he didn't he was off the, like so you know, and that was really a lot of those races where there's a that kind of a section there in uh, 2018 where he kind of struggled a little bit. Um, but then past that, you know, this year, obviously, he had uh, started off the career or started off the year with a couple seconds. But, yeah, rattled off three wins to, to, uh, to end the career. And the horse never won a grade one either you know was, no. i mean never even had a shot you know yeah. so yeah well he ran in the, on those synthetic tracks all the time and I don't, I don't think they have a grade one up there on this synthetic at woodbine so never ran a race outside of woodbine it's insane yeah. just insane Incredible. so yep. uh but yeah what yeah pink lloyd that's a pretty pretty crazy story all right let's uh let's get into it. we got some big racing to talk about and guess what oklahoma <laughs> we got oklahoma to talk about yeah it's not january what? it it <laughs> We're gonna talk about two-year-old racing at Oakland. Did you ever think you would you would live to see that? That's uh, it's it doesn't make any sense, but I love it, right? I think the assumption was they'll they'll eventually they'll extend the schedule and it'll be later in the year, not yeah. earlier, as in still in 2021. We're starting, uh, yeah, Oakland 2021 ended. Nope, it's starting again. So, uh, yeah, no, I've never thought I would ever see it, and I'm. Uh, very very excited about it well you know the more i thought about it i was like you know it, it because the weather only gets really shitty down i mean the same way with here but it it's it more like in the january february time yep really in december we don't have a ton of nope. brutally cold or snow weather here in the midwest arkansas you know so and if you extend it you're going into other big meets you know like you're but right now you're really not aqueduct is who you're competing with, you know, that's really it. And so it, it makes a lot of sense to, to kind of have that basically whole month here early versus, cause you're not, I don't think you're, my first reaction was, was well, they're going to lose, like, why are you going to run in December? You're going to lose days, you know, but I don't necessarily think that's going to happen now all that often in December, you're more likely going to see it like we normally do January. And of course into some, some into February, but I don't think December is going to be much of an issue. No, I don't either. I don't either. A lot of people have been saying, oh, it's going to be bad down there. And you're right. They, they lose days in February, uh, you know, not January. So uh, December should be even better. I think the weather forecast is pretty good for opening weekend. Might have some rain Saturday. I will have to worry about. But temperature-wise, should be fine. And uh, like I said, I, I, I'm with you. I thought, yeah, that's that's going to work out. We don't lose days in January very often. And, and that, like I said, December should be even better. So, that's exciting, man. It's really exciting that it's back. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, it, it's going to be odd watching it tomorrow, <laughs> but I can't wait. Well, here's the thing. Okay. It, and this is, this is obviously above normal, very above normal, but today you're not here. So you, it's 74 here in Springfield today. Wow. <laughs> it's 77 today in hot springs. Wow. So, the, I mean, I get that, that that's perfect timing for that. But, you know, tomorrow it's 73 and sunny, you know, 67 Saturday, 68 Sunday. I mean, the weather is phenomenal. It, it feels like spring. Uh, I was going to so, say, it feels like April in Oak, at Oakland. <laughs> apparently, the the, uh, the weather, you know, just thought, well, hey, Oakland's starting back. Apparently, we need to be, it needs to be warm. So, that's, <laughs> that's what they're doing. So, no, the weather will be fantastic. So, yeah, Oakland's back. So, let's get to it. Today's show. 
Let's preview the final greatest stakes of the year in New York, the 750K Cigar Mile Handicap. At Aqueduct, they were giving some rapid selections for the remaining stakes action at Aqueduct, Losal, and Oakland. That's right, Oakland. Let's go. Head of the duct on Saturday. That's right. Aqueduct has the cigar mile handicap race 10. It's a grade one for 750k for uh three year olds and up going one mile. Again, this is the last stakes race, graded stakes race of the year in New York. Kind of hard to believe it's early December. It's the last graded stakes race um uh, in New York. So gonna end up with a bang here. We've got eight horses, and you know, I talked a little bit about this off-air uh on the on the live stream it's not maybe you don't have like that huge star horse that's come entered the race that you know like you don't life is good or whatever you know name a horse um but you do have a lot of good horses in the race following c i'll just go through the list here it's eight horses eight horse field following c's five to one plainsman 12 to one american revolution the other pletcher at five to two that's kind of the horse uh code of honor six to one independence hall seven to two ginobili seven to two olympiad ten to one and pipeline 15 to one so as you look at this race halterman you got the two pledgers i think that's where you got to start you know following c had a second there where you're where you're like okay this is like this horse is is the goods you know and then of course ran in the breeze cup sprint didn't embarrass himself whatsoever you know whatsoever honestly ran a great race um mm-hmm. especially when you consider how uh, Jackie's Warrior ran Aloha West, so of course, won that race. Dr. Scheibel, and then following C was third. Of course, dominated in the Bosford before that. But then his stablemate, American Revolution, comes into this race off an 11 length win at Belmont Park last out. This horse is a state bred. This is a New York bred horse, finally kind of making his. He did make a plunge a little bit in the Pennsylvania Derby. Hot Rod Charlie, of course, Midnight Bourbon. This horse finished third to them. Nothing to. Nothing to sneeze at there. Not the horse ran a good race. Um, ran a mile and eight. Cutting back a little bit. What do you think of American Revolution versus Following C here? I think they're the one-two finishers in the race. I really like both of them. Um, I thought Following C was fantastic in, in the Breeders' Cup. Had a, had a poor trip. Got cut off, or could have been right there. But I like American Revolution a little better here. I put American Revolution on top. I hate the five to two price. I thought he would be more like five to one with a horse like Ginobili in here and Independence Hall, who people seem to like. But gosh, I really like American Revolution. He has just beat the hell out of these New York breads. And when, when he went up to Pennsylvania, man, he ran very, very well to finish third in that race. Only question mark I have for him is uh, is the distance a little short? You know, he's been running longer races. Now he cuts back. If he handles it, I think he sits right off the pace, and then he, he pounces. I really like American Revolution in this race. I think this is a really, really nice colt. I yeah, I actually think the distance cutback is 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 nice for him because I think you know the horse went from straight from six furlongs to mile sixteenth to mile eighth, but he's obviously been running well. But I think he has enough. Uh, kind of tactical speed where the horse is up close enough in these races to where the distance doesn't necessarily, um, you know, you look at the Pennsylvania Derby going to mile and eighth. I mean, he ran that horse tried his ass off. He just, he just was up against obviously hot rod Charlie and, and midnight bourbon ran a good second. Um, just up against two really good, really, really, really good horses. So I don't, 
I, I'm with you. I thought he ran great, and of course he came back and dominated the next race coming out. I think the I think he's going to sit. I think Luis Saez will have the perfect trip with him um, and kind of sit off the uh, the speed, whether that be following C, you know, drawing from the rail. I think the way that Pletcher's entered these two horses, I think he got the perfect draw. I think he's going to have both these horses kind of sit positionally the way they want to be following C, kind of forwardly placed, and uh, American Revolution kind of right off of him. Mm-hmm. So I think both of them have a great shot to win. I, I, let's go past the Bletchers for a second and think, what are, what are the other ones? So Code of Honor, obviously like the old the, the old guys, right? Well, they're quote-unquote old, but the horses we know a lot about, Code of Honor, Independence Hall, two horses that have been running for quite some time here, might be making their last star, uh, starts each. So this might be their last kind of swan song. Can they pull a Maxfield here and kind of end their careers uh, with a big grade one win? I don't know about Code of Honor. You know, you've given this horse a lot of chances. I'm not really sure. Um, I think he's going to get some pace turned into. That's good. I, I just, I don't know if he's good enough here um, to win it. I really don't. You know, since that Travers win, he's kind of been disappointing ever since. Yeah, I know Steve has a comment here. He likes Code of Honor. I, I don't know. I'm a little iffy. I'm iffy on Independence Hall, too. I know the horse looked great last time out. This horse is extremely inconsistent. I think the field's awfully tough. Uh, I'm not sure about him either. Uh, if you want to play an older horse, I think Ginobili makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, I think that's the one you want to play. Uh, if you're going to play one that's not a three-year-old, you know, last time out ran second to Life is Good, who we all, we both, I should say, think is, uh, you know, the best dirt horse in this country. Uh, has been really, really good before that race as well. I think the only question mark is coming over here to New York, but no reason to think he won't run well here and so i think as far as an older one goes that's that's who i'm most interested in uh to trying to tackle those uh, top fletcher three-year-olds here yeah ginobili you know ginobili ran it like there was like a half a second in that race where you're like ginobili might win this thing you know like mm-hmm. he looked really good in the dirt mile and of course life is good kind of like okay you know that's why he's like you say the the, the best right now but no, I mean he and he ran it, you know, two races before that. He was incredible too. So Ginobili to me is the horse I'm I'm looking at. Um, if this if for whatever reason, you know, these Pletchers don't show up or or kind of hang a little bit, Ginobili is the one that seemingly is gonna be making a move uh mm-hmm. in the turn. I Independence Hall is a little bit like Maxfield for me last week because I, I I told you last week I was like I you know you wanted a single midnight bourbon I was like I I would have to play Maxfield too uh, yeah. I did because it's like just because he has the he, he's really good he was good at that he loved Churchill Downs and uh, Independence Hall man he loves Aqueduct he loves his distance he's two for two he's two for two at I mean so he if he's gonna do it this is probably where he's going to do it. You know, that's kind of where I'm at with the independence hall. I, I don't love taking him at any somewhat, any, anywhere near a short price. You know, I, you'd have to get every bit of that seven to two, four to one, something like that uh, for it, for me on independence hall. But I do think he could be dangerous. I agree that he's highly, highly inconsistent. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm kind of out on code of honor, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? I I don't. He feels like he feels like a horse that he's done. It's clear that he's done. He doesn't have what he used to have, and we're gonna give him a kind of that last hoorah, that 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 cigar mile. It's the end of the year. 
a grade one shot, see what he's got left in the tank, and that's it. You know, and I just I don't have. Could he win? I mean, he he's he's obviously he's acquired. You know, he's gotten three million in, in earnings over his career. Could he win? Sure. I mean, he's yeah. he's a he's a good horse. Uh, he was, he was. I mean, but that's one that I can. I think I'm going to leave off. I I added him because I, I I've liked him for a long time. I did add him on a ticket, but well, I think I'm going to. I haven't. Obviously, that's not official yet. But right now, I've got him on there. But it's. It's more of a just a, if I get alive to this spot, because I, I went short in a couple of the legs, we'll talk about them. And it's like if I'm alive and I have five horses on a ticket and he's not one of them and he wins, I'm going to want to jump off a cliff. So I put him on there. It's kind of the the late edition uh, on a ticket. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, that's that's the yeah. one, right? Yeah. Code of Honor wins and you don't, especially for you, because you have like Code of Honor for a long time. Yeah. Um, if, if he were to win, you would, yeah, you might jump off a, by the way, uh, the uh, the uh, the wager guide we have a cigar mile uh wagering guide coming out soon news to us too you know we we, <laughs> we both were like remember we're gonna do one this week so uh it's coming out later to, to later today on thursday so if you listen to us on the pod it's out go to the racing dudes.com go to the products page go get your hands on that and of course you can get information on how we're gonna bet exactly you know how talking about what horses he's gonna include maybe you're gonna include this horse or not include that horse all that, the tickets, the pick fours, pick whatever, you know, any kind of sequence he's playing will all be listed on the wagering guide. So go get that at racingdudes.com. Uh yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I if I was playing four horses, I I think mm, <laughs> I, he would be off of it. He's my last off, you know, because I'm Ginobili's on it. Independence Hall's on it, and then the Pletchers are on it. So I think, uh, unfortunately, Code of Honor. That's that's the tricky part. I think you have to make a decision between Code of Honor and uh, and Independence Hall, right? I think if yep. you're depending on how deep you want to go. Um, for me, I'm going to. He's not going to be one I use. Uh, who's your, who's the pick though? Did, did you go American Revolution on top? I did. I did. I, I debated between him and Falling Sea. I'm a little worried about the distance of a mile. I know Falling Sea can get it, but I don't know if that's like his absolute best. I think six furlongs is his absolute best. So uh, with that being said, I did go American Revolution on top. I've just really, really liked this horse for a few months now. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do against Open Company again. And uh, yeah, I just think he's he's just steadily improving. And I think he's, you know, this is going to be his big race. Yeah, I don't know. I'm with you a little bit on the on, I'm following C entered in here. I mean, was like, that's interesting because yeah. I, I definitely don't see him as a mile horse, you know. Um, but he could be, I guess. I, I don't know necessarily think it's his strongest, strongest suit, right? And so mm-hmm. I think a little bit of it is, yeah, he's, he's training really well. Like, he's obviously a good horse. Like, let's just give him taking a shot. He's also going to be, let's be honest, he's going to be like, let's just going to set this thing up perfectly for the three. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, yeah. I think that I think having the three in this race with the one is huge in terms of dictating, kind of putting the speed out there. Um, so to me, I like number three as well. Three is my top pick. Genova is a very, very close second for me. I like those top, uh, those two on top. What do you make of, I mean, obviously, what is following C to you? Like, do you think, or I guess even the three? I mean, <laughs> yelling outside my door. <laughs> is that is that is that, is that Uncle P? Is that Uncle P? It sounded like his voice. 
I think it's your kids. I don't know where they're at um, right now, so maybe that maybe they're there. Uh, but no, the one or the three, in terms of long term, obviously, kind of we kind of know Independence Hall, Code of Honor might be done after this. Ginobili, maybe Ginobili is a horse that makes some noise uh, next year as well. But what are these? Which one of these horses are you really excited about after this race? You would think following C would be Pletcher Sprinter going into next year, and American Revolution would be one of his many uh, horses that can go longer, right? I mean, I think they both are going to be pretty darn good. We'll see what happens with Ginobili. I think that's a horse they bring him back at five. Should be pretty good as well. So um, Olympiad and Pipeline, they seem like they're going to, you know, they need a little bit, uh, what's the word, of improvement or, or, or getting better as four-year-olds before they're at the level of the two Pletchers here. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think all indications are following C should have a huge year next year. He's He still has a lot, you know, kind of a late bloomer. He has a lot of racing ahead of him, I would think. Yeah, the, the American Revolution horse is uh, is interesting because you know obviously I said he's a he's a New York bred horse, so you got to imagine you know this is a, a horse we'll be seeing a lot um, in the New York circuit, of course. And then you know since the horse was with Fletcher, the horse debuted with uh, Brissett, and then switched over after one race. The horse breaks his maiden, a state bred. These are all the first three races state bred. Wins a state bred stakes uh, by seven the next time. Wins the Albany at Saratoga by five the next time after that, going to mile and eight, then that's, that's what kind of triggered them to go try the Pennsylvania Derby. Yep. He doesn't, dis- he doesn't disappoint. He doesn't run poorly. Just gets beat by two good horses, run a huge buyer, one oh one buyer, and then jumps back to the state bread and dominates. Like I said, last time out, we're not getting a one Oh eight buyer uh, at Belmont park going to mile and eight. So it's obviously like he's making the progressions, right? Every race is a little bit better than the last and he continues to get better and better and better. So yeah, to me, he's only a three-year-old. seems like he's a horse. You know, he didn't even debut, but he, I mean, he debuted as a, as a two-year-old, but then he never, we didn't see him again until June. Um, so it's definitely, like you said, I think he's a horse that you need to know. I think he's going to continue and he's a, I mean, he's a really good looking horse too. Yep. Um, just by looks. Like, so yeah, to me, he's one of those horses that's going to be one of his distance horses for sure uh, next year. But yeah. All right. This is a race you guys need to watch. You and I are both on the three horse American Revolution. All right. Time for Rapid Fire presented by the Inside Track to the 2021 Cigar Mile Wager Guide. That's right. Go get the Cigar Mile Wager Guide right now, racingdudes.com. If you're listening to this live, uh, it'll be available later on tonight, Thursday evening. If you're listening to this on Friday, guess what? It's there. The Cigar Mile. We just got done talking about the Cigar Mile. So you want to know exactly how we're going to bet this race, how we're going to play the exact, how we're going to play the try, how we're going to play the multi-race wagers. Go download the wager guide right now at racingdudes.com. You can get it for free if you're one of those that uh, hit up the uh, promo code last week. You got you get it for free. If you're a subscriber, you get it for free. So any subscribers get this wager guide absolutely for free. So go to racingdudes.com, subscribe, get this one for free. You'll also get the Malibu coming up uh, wager guide yep. as well for free. Any kind of guide you, that comes out while you are an active subscriber, they are free. All right. Let's kick things off here with Oaklawn Park on December 3rd. <laughs> so, I, I, December 3rd, Friday, today, if you're listening to this, tomorrow. Tomorrow's Advent Stakes, race eight at Oaklawn Park, is a two-year-old race worth 150K going six furlongs again at Oaklawn Park. Two-year-olds running to Oaklawn Park 
I'm going to say that over and over until I figure out how I understand that. Ten horses are entered, led by the nine and ten of this field. Number nine, Karima, five to two with Ricardo. We've talked about the Ricardo Asperson thing. They're back. And number ten, higher standard uh, for Amos uh, at three to one. Your two outside horses are your two top choices. Halterman, you know Oakland better than anybody. What are you thinking of this uh, this race? Well, I might get bit here, but I think uh, Ricardo and, uh, and Santana, are they can be beat here. And I, I like the horse just to the outside of that one. I like number 10 higher standard a lot. You know, you watched that race last time out, just got to the front, kind of dominated. Uh, to me, I don't see a ton of other speed in here. I think the horse, if, 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 if he breaks well, will get out to the front and kind of just run away from him. I think, I think higher standard is going to be very tough to beat here. You know, Amos, I, I guess, had this race circle, gets Drew aboard. I think it's, I think it's going to be tough to beat higher standard in this spot. Hey, you know what? We're on the, uh, we're on the same horse here. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I thought that I think that the post draw is the only concern. We just got to hope we get a good break. But past that, I mean, I thought that last race was very, very impressive. He's gonna. I mean, he just needs to. To me, he just needs to break. And that last work uh, shows me the horse is ready to roll here. So bullet work. He, this horse was very quick last time out, going five and a half furlongs at Churchill Downs, dominated that one. To me, this is. I mean, this is like a big horse. You know, this is like a horse that they've had obviously some some high potential with, uh, you know, 225K uh, into, mis- into mischief horse. Do you think any of these horses are candidates for, like, I know it's a sprint, but do you see, like, it's it's funny to say, right, two-year-olds at Oakland, could they, could we see these three-year-olds now, you know, when they, you know, they turn three, be in the, the kind of the, the derby prep circuit? I mean, it's questionable because now, you know, it's like said, it's a sprint. Um, you know, you look at the tens pedigree into mischief. That's, you know, that's a horse that usually doesn't have. Well, I mean, that's I shouldn't say that. Sometimes they can go longer, but usually doesn't. Um, you know, the nines by Cairo Prince. I don't know. There might be a couple. I don't I don't see this field and get like super, super excited about Derby. Yeah. I don't either, but I do think it, I don't think it's going to be absolutely shocking to see at least one of these enter like the Southwest or you know, Smarty Jones or probably Smarty Jones, honestly, um, just because they're there, right? And their two year old is going to be three. So, but yeah, I'm with you. I think number ten, higher standard for me. Uh, I just, just I think it, it, the horse is going to go gate to wire. I think that's I think the winner of this race is kind of going to go gate to wire. I think you know being the first uh, first day of the meet, that track's going to be moving along pretty quickly being a sprint that you just need to get out front not look back i like the 10 higher standard all right let's go to let's go to back to aqueduct for the gopher wand this is race seven back at aqueduct on saturday the undercard for the cigar race seven the gopher one handicap grade three or 250k a handicap for phillies and mares three-year-olds and up going one mile Phil seven lines up for this one. The odds are out now. Eight to five on number two, Lady Rocket for Brad Cox, Irat Ortiz. I know, know how you feel about the Cox. So what are you thinking? <laughs> oh, well, I hate to say it now after you, after you introduced it like that, you jackass. Um, I think Lady Rocket is a single. I singled up Lady Rocket here. I, I think this field is pretty suspect. And I think she's not like the greatest thing I've ever seen, but she's solid. And I think getting Irad aboard again, 
I think they're going to be hard pressed to beat her inside speed in this race as well. Uh, could go to the front or if Miss Marissa, you know, decides to burst out of there, can just sit right off. And I think they'll be clear of the other. So I think Lady Rocket's a single in this spot. I knew you liked the Cox. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, no, I listen, I, I had her on top for a second. I actually went, I'm going to try to beat her here with a three Bella Vita. Yeah. Um, I can see that. Don't love the horse, but I actually I, I think that the horse has some like you look back at some of her races and she definitely has shown the ability to win. Like she's can be I think she's a she's a, a Bayern horse, a 400 K horse for Clean Shaw, Simon Callahan, Pratt's been riding. Now you get Rosario. Like to me, you're getting there's some signs there. This horse is, you know, that she's a pretty good filly. So I do think that the two is gonna have things kind of her own way that makes her extremely dangerous. I I, I would definitely be using her. I'm not, you know, not crazy. Um, but I think the three, Belvita could try to sit a trip. Rosario could kind of sit a trip off of the two. And if the horse is, is good enough, might be able to get it done. So especially at a price because the two is going to be pounded. And like you said, a lot of people like you are going to be singling um, in a sequence that maybe you're looking for a single, right? Um, so I think the two makes sense, a single. So I'm going to try to beat that single. And I'm going to go to three, uh, Bella Vita. Let's go with the next race up. Uh, race eight, the rims and stakes. It's a grade two with the uh, 250k for two year olds going 118 miles. This is a Kentucky Derby with Tur- Derby and Oaks prep races. This is a Kentucky Derby prep race 10 4 2 1 for your top four finishers. Field of eight lines up for this one. You know how I feel about the mile and eight uh, two year old racing, right? We've, we've talked about this. You know, I feel about the Mountain 8 three-year-old racing early in the year. I, but they continue to do it. So what do I know? Uh, eight to five on the one horse, Mo Donegal for Todd Fletcher. This is going to be a theme here. Todd Fletcher has a few in here in these races that look tough. He's going to try to beat number seven, Zandon, for Chad Brown and Rosario. That seems to be the matchup we're looking at here. But is there any other horse that you're interested in? Well, uh, real quick, I did pick uh, Zandon to win the race, but I do think Judge Davis at five to one also makes a lot of sense. So the question of are there any other horses I'm interested in? I am interested in that three Judge Davis, adding blinkers for the first time here, uh, stretching out a little bit further in distance. I think this horse is pretty good. So, and I think that price is right. So that's one you you shouldn't you know leave off. But I did go to number seven Zandon. I, you know, it came down to watching replays. Uh, you know, some of these horses while their replays were impressive it's like i think they're a little one paced a little they don't really have that burst maybe one pace is too harsh but they just don't have that second gear or third gear i think zandon does you know this horse kind of got in some trouble in the stretch uh, of that race last time out but once they got that horse clear you know usually when when two-year-olds have trouble they don't really kind of kick in they just kind of quit they moved this horse to the outside. He had every reason not to go by those horses, and he just zoomed past them. It was no trouble whatsoever. Only problem is that was at six furlongs. This is a mile and an eighth. That's a big-time jump, but the horse does have a solid pedigree. So I went with Chad Brown's runner here in the seven on top. Yeah, I really hope it doesn't burn me because I pretty much liked everything about the seven except for, and it's a big one, the six long to mile and eighth jump yeah. i just was like that was it. just 
that was too much. I kind of feel like the horse might still run very well, but you kind of might be like, well, that was just a lot to ask for. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think the horse is super talented. So that, I mean, I think you use that horse just because you don't know what that horse will do stretching out. Uh, Mo Donegal to me feels like a horse that's like keyed in for second or third. Like, I just think this horse is going to run well because the horse is like well bred, has been, you know, can run long, but maybe, you know, did have the, the big thing about, you know, this horse was life is great. The horse that uh, he beat last time out came back to dominate, which you and I both used on our tickets, uh, was it two weeks ago um, at Aqueduct? So that was that definitely bodes well for the one, but. I'm glad you mentioned this source because that's ultimately who I ended up picking on top was that was number three, Judge Davis. I just kept kind of going back to the three. I feel like the price is is, is right on him. Um, you you got enough to, to kind of work off here. The horses got the stakes, uh, you know, the stakes experience in the Nashville last time out. Didn't run great, but didn't run awful, but clearly need something needed to happen. Well, we get blinkers here. Jose Ortiz has rode this horse every time of his career, and guess what? He's still there. I love the fact, and we know how Suge is, right? With these, especially these early, you know, these two-year-olds into three-year-olds, he's very, very slow and methodical with them. You know, you know, they might look like shit one race, and they might dominate the next race. Like it's just, he's got his own style, his own thing. The horse has been working out very well, like you said. Mile sixteenth, two back was really, really impressive. Now we get to go a bit longer think that's kind of the thing right you get the horse what i'm expecting to see is judge davis is going to be very poorly placed considering he gets blinkers now the horse has shown to have very tactical speed especially when they stretch the horse out going to mile 16 so i expect this horse to be very close and make a move that is is it a winning move we'll find out but i definitely think you're gonna get a run for your money here and i think the horse is worth playing um trying to beat a horse that is enough to go against some of those other ones so i'm on number three judge davis let's go now to the demoiselle race nine the next one up grade two we're tripping to k for phillies two-year-olds going to one eighth miles again this is a a breeder's cup shit it's a (laughs) kentucky oaks dude i looked back and i was like man you know because you look back at all the we did so many podcasts on the Breeders' Cup that it is just in, every time you talk about a prep, it's just it's a Breeders' Cup prep. It's a Breeders' Cup prep. And it's like I I've got to get back in my my head that okay the Breeders' Cup's over, we're 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 on to the Derby at Oaks because shit man we did so many pods yeah. with Breeders' Cup preps it's insane we did <laughs> and my brain is like is just completely like if you see prep it's Breeders' Cup all right. It's the it's the Kentucky Oaks prep race ten four two one for your top four finishers, field of eight in this one as well. And Alterman, we talked I talked about it uh, with Fletcher. Fletcher here he shows up again with the the favorite number five Nest at two to one, and he doesn't have Chad Brown, but he does have Clement with Tap to Faith, a million dollar uh, filly that ran really well. Uh, last time out at three to one and magic circle for Rudy Rodriguez at seven to two. Those are your three top contenders. Did you ultimately, are you going with Fletcher this time with nest? Yeah, I did kind of begrudgingly. I I don't love anybody in this race. Really? Uh, I thought nest was the best bread for this race. And I think nest will sit that like that trip that you want to sit here where you can cut you have tactical speed but you don't have to be on the lead 
Um, I'm not thrilled with this horse, really, uh, as you can tell the sound of my voice. And I think it's just there could be some goofy things that happen in this race as well. Like, for example, the eight full court Felicia. I kind of like that horse. I'm going to have that horse on some tickets. You know, that's a horse that I think is going to get loose on the lead and major jockey upgrade trying dirt for the first time she likes it i mean she's bred to go long so i think this could be where an upset lands uh you know i think i think you got to go a little bit deep here but as far as like okay who's the most likely winner in the race i do think it's nest i really do yeah you know when you look at even like a, a situation where you've got um jose ortiz jumping off the the one misinterpret for todd pletcher who he's rode like lost three times and he's jumping on nostalgic who he rode yeah. last time um, for Bill Mott, for the very impressive Godolphin horse uh, on debut at Belmont Park. So that's another one to me, you know, random mile, or mile 16th, I'm sorry, on debut tells you they want to go long. Obviously, the horse is bred to go long. So yeah, to me, it's at six to one. The four has a lot of uh, a lot of interest, uh, you know, tap the faith. Huge purchase, a $1.25 million purchase price. Uh, it's a tap it, obviously, you know, these, the horse was kind of funky on debut but this kind of came rolling late so you don't really know what you're going to get out of her in the magic circles you know gerrymander beat uh beat mm-hmm. her last time out but gerrymander's a good horse yep um so yeah it is a weird kind of field i ultimately did go with nest but i'm not I'm kind of with you that i don't necessarily i don't necessarily love it i you're basically going off the fact that irad's back Rode the horse on debut going to mile 16th. They cut the horse back going a mile in that stakes race. I talked about Jerry Mander one, Magic Circle second. Nest just Nest was coming, just ran out of room. So you got to think mile and eight to curling. I mean, should that should be it, right? That should do mm-hmm. enough. So it's just a matter of um, kind of who's good enough here. But I, I definitely don't look at this race like Nest is a single and move on. No, I mean, yeah. no chance about that. But I do think that. I do like a few in here. Like, I think there's some, some of these horses might be horses that are definitely bred well to go long, right? So I think some of these horses might be decent. You got the right kind of connections and you got the right kind of breeding and purchase. Like, enough to like about some of these horses in here that would get you excited for the Oaks Trail with some of yeah. these, I feel like. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a race where we could at the end of it go, okay, that horse isn't too bad. Um, but it's just going into it. It's like, I don't, I don't know. But you know, after Zulu Alpha, pretty much all of them you look at right now, you're like, eh, I don't know about those horses, you know, <laughs> or, well, yeah, or I'm I'm sorry. Echo Zulu. I'm sorry. Zulu Alpha. <laughs> Echo Zulu. <laughs> Zulu Alpha is, uh, is retired. I think. Now, yeah. Right? That's not, yeah. That's a that's a that's a slap in the face to Echo Zulu right there. Buddy. You know what's funny? I've I, when I'm writing articles, I'll do that. I've done that every once in a while, and I'll quickly crutch. I've never done it on a podcast yet, uh, but but I knew it was that would happen eventually. <laughs> well, congratulations. Um, all right, <clears throat> the last Oaks. We have another Oaks prep to talk about. The last race we're going to talk about it on rapid fire. Let's go to Los Alamitos. Uh, it's the Starlet Stakes, aka the Bob Baffert Stakes. It's race eight, grade one, 300K, two year old Phillies, one mile 16, field of six lines up for this one. And Bob Baffert has three of a, three of the six. So, I mean, is it Grace Adler? Is it Ida? To me, Pratt jumped on to Grace Adler. I think Grace, I don't necessarily love Grace Adler, but horse definitely was really good on debut next race out in the in the uh, debutante or the Del Mar uh, 
it was a yeah, I guess it was that. And then uh and then of course was not good in the chandelier. So what do you think of Grace Adler? Pratt usually rides his best one, is what I thought about it. So I'm gonna jump on Grace Adler here. I really like Ida, the six horse as well. Thought she was pretty good last time out, but you know who rode that horse? I know. <laughs> you know, and that's the problem. Like Pratt rode this horse last time out. She won at one to five. She won by over four. And now he's on Grace Adler. It's not that's rocket science. That's it. Like this horse in the last two starts with it, because Ida is like, there's a lot to like, you know, as far as on paper and, you know, dominates, uh, you know, wins by two, two and a quarter, comes back out, wins by four and a quarter. Pratt was on both. What did uh, Grace Adler do last time? Lost by 13 and three quarters. Where does he land? Pratt's on Grace Adler. So you're just like, what are you supposed to do? You know? It tells me something happened to her physically that day. And, you know, they think she's going to run better. I mean, that's the only way you can take that, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it is what it is, right? It, 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 you kind of, sometimes you have, and especially in a race like this, when, it, you know, Bob Baffert's got the field over a barrel, essentially. Like, he just has all the, all the good horses, and, yeah. and they're all in there. Like, he's just... I mean, listen, Bob Baffert has won this race the last four years. I mean, and not with good horses. You know what I mean? Like, yep. he doesn't... You know, look, you look at these horses that have won this race his last four years. Tell me if you've even... I mean, you almost don't even remember them. Varda and bat i mean bass i remember chasing yesterday dream tree but these are not these were not like super powerful horses you, you didn't know? like varda <laughs> varda i loved varda what are you talking about <laughs> varda oh man you know princess Nora, by the way <laughs> <laughs> oh there's there's two a's oh, that's that's what it did it's, uh no princess Nora was the favorite of that day and got pulled up so Arda, hardly knew her. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, nice Michael Scott reference right there. I love it. Um no, yeah. Barda Barda, I did not like. <laughs> but I do like Grace Adler to win this one. That's all the time we have. Check us out at racingdudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the get racing dudes premium button in the mini at racingdudes.com to learn more. Be on the uh, magic stay drinking. There you go. Let's stay drink together. There you go. Does, does magic even work? Or does he just stay drink? Is that what he does? I think he works and he day drinks at the same time. <laughs> Honestly, it's uh, all about finding that perfect yeah. that perfect level, right? You know, that's whenever you, you know, you don't give a shit, but things are just, you're kind of just going through work and flying through it. Yep. Uh, magic has, uh, has apparently perfected that. Be on the lookout uh, for our inside track to the 2021 Cigar Mile Wager Guide. As soon as we get off here, I'm going to finalize that, put it up on the website. So make sure you go get your hands on that. Going to in-depth analysis of all four stakes we just talked about on this pod, uh, including, of course, the Cigar Mile. You'll get analysis and betting suggestions, multi-race plays for the entire card, not just the stakes race. See exactly how we're playing all those races we just talked about as well as the entire card, racingdudes.com. Go to the products page, get your hands on that wagering guide. We are your destination site for all free horse racing picks and all major, for all major horse racing tracks, including Oakland Park. It's back this weekend, so make sure you're going to be betting alongside us with that as well. We're on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes, Instagram and Facebook. Listen to us uh, on SoundCloud. You cannot listen to us on SoundCloud. You can listen to us on, Blink- but <laughs> on Blinkers Off on our <laughs> podcast page, Apple Podcast. I need to start drinking, apparently. 
um, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. It's like such a, it's just, oh, it's like, you listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, um, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Captivator, watch all our episodes. Uh, the videos, you can watch the videos on our YouTube page, along with all of our stakes previews we have on our YouTube page. It's Google race or search racing dudes in the search bar on YouTube. And you can find our page there. Go check out the magic Mike show here in a little bit. They'll be on here in about an hour where they're talking about the late pick four at aqueduct as well on Saturday. So you want their analysis of those stakes we just talked about. They'll be diving into that as well. Halterman. Final thoughts. Uh, I know we won't get into it, but I, I want you to give your little uh, your little spiel here real quickly before we sign off. Uh, you obviously it was a very uh, tumultuous week for you um, this last seven days with OU, and uh, you know you lost a big game, then you lost your coach, and now you don't know who your coach is going to be, and you got so lots going on. So talk a little bit about what happened, what to be going through, and, and obviously get a little plug for uh, where you can uh, listen to all your, your analysis there. Yeah, if you want full thoughts on that, you can go to the uh, YouTube page or, or anywhere you find this podcast. You can also find the Dudes Who Bet Sports podcast. It's Dudes Who Bet Sports number 29, and the title is Lincoln Riley Can Go to Hell. So <laughs> that, and it's literally an hour should, of – should Should not have a problem finding the episode you're looking for. Yeah, like I said, YouTube, you can find it, or you can find it uh, anywhere you find this podcast. Uh, it was really a good, good show. I thought we had a lot of interaction with people. It was our most uh, listened to uh, show uh, as far as live and podcast version, so that was awesome. Uh, thanks, Dude, everybody. The, end, have- the, the ending was hysterical. I'm not gonna, I don't want to give it away, but your dad... And it, well, actually, both of you, because you then you you went you went dark at the end, but you know that your dad was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I was like, I didn't know he knew T Swift, you know. So that was uh, <laughs> that was the amazing part of it. You got to watch the end. The people that were watching live lost their mind during the final <laughs> two minutes of that show. <laughs> yeah, he he ripped it. Well, no, no, I'm not gonna say. Uh, you you have to go watch it. Um, yeah, it's it's been awful. Uh, I, I I've I've never been a huge Lincoln Riley fan, but uh, he I have admitted that he is a you know he's better than a lot of people we could have. Well, we're gonna find that out because we've got somebody new. Definitely a betrayal. He definitely had one foot out the door for a couple of months, which explains our extra shitty season that we had by OU standards and uh, how shitty they played most for most of the year. That was the biggest thing, you know just sloppy play they don't do that very often and they did it every game so yeah he's gone um and and now you're in that scary part like the first two days it's like yeah we're gonna go get this guy and this guy and it's gonna be fine and now it's been four or five days and you're like shit they don't have anybody and you you get to thinking in your head well does nobody want it are they having trouble finding somebody so that's that's where you're at right now with it but yeah i mean you know lincoln can you know, if I'll say what I said on the dude to bed sports show, he, he, he's dead to me. I hate his gut. Uh, I wish him nothing but, but misery throughout the rest of his life. And uh, <laughs> he can go to hell. And, um, you know, our, our football program's a lot bigger than some punk ass bitch from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you really think. No, I mean, that's, 
Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. So go check out the show. Uh, see what his thoughts are. His dad's especially got to go tune in to see what his dad thought. Of, uh, <laughs> he's on like <laughs> he's he's ready to kill somebody. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's every day he's texting me <laughs> stuff. So. <laughs> so, and you were the one that broke the news to him, correct? Yeah, he was out dicking around doing something, and I called him, and he didn't answer, and he called me right back. He goes, "Hey, I'm out there. What's going on? I'm out doing this and this." I said. You haven't been, you haven't been near a TV or internet or phone, have you? He says, no, what's going on? And I said, uh, we're, "Oh, you has to hire a new football coach." And he goes, "That son of a bitch went to LSU." I said, "No, <laughs> he went to USC." And I think he threw the phone when he when he heard that. And he up, he's like, "We'll be better out without him. He's terrible. He's a pussy and all this stuff." I was like, "All right, uh, I gotta go." So <laughs> you 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 let that simmer a little bit. <laughs> Oh shit, man! That yeah, that was. Uh, I love whenever at the end, whenever I think it was, you guys were talking about something. It was like basically, we'll do this when when he wins the national championship at USC. <laughs> oh yeah, and I see my dad on 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 Thursday for Thanksgiving. He's got like a big eight by ten or picture of him and Lincoln Riley because he met him at a softball game. So everything really nice to him and. uh for Thanksgiving, like he he had it printed out and he had it like on display. He's like, look at this picture, you know, showing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and I told him, I said, get that picture, we'll rip up. He said, no, I can't do it. It's it's too good of a picture. He said, but we're gonna burn it live on air if he ever wins the uh, national championship. So, what's amazing about that is he's got he gets a picture done, and at the same time of, of Lincoln Riley and him, he's so proud of it, showing it off, and at the exact same time. Lincoln Riley's like out the door, you know, he's oh, gone. Yeah. He's not even, he's place packing his bags. <laughs> the rumor is like, it, he's been negotiating for two weeks, but it was official it, they, on Thursday. And Thursday was the day he displayed the picture. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's funny oh, is shit. my dad has always hated Lincoln Riley until he met him that day. And he's loved him ever since. And so now he hates him again. <laughs> Oh, oh anyway. <laughs> okay, so yeah, go watch the show. Um, yeah. sorry about your OU. Uh, you know, but yeah. you know what? You guys be all right. Hey, we You'll be all right. Yeah. I mean, it's OU, so yeah, um, we'll be fine. It, I think it, it feels like I don't know from from the outsider standpoint. I feel like I have a better feeling that OU is gonna you know get their shit straightened out than Lincoln Lincoln Riley is gonna win a national championship championship at USC, but. Well, he wasn't going to win a national championship at Oklahoma. If you look no. when he took over to now, every year gets worse. So he wasn't going to win here. So I, I think I think if OU makes the right hire, we'll we'll be better off. But that's a big if. You got to make the right hire. If they make a bad hire, you know, they're, you know that's not Nebraska. Good. They're Nebraska exactly, and they will be. Yep. Boy. We'll see. It's gonna be a fun. It's gonna be a fun adventure to ride with the Halterman. So you want to make sure you tune in to do to bet sports each week. They do twice a week. Uh, go tune in to that. So yeah, wherever you listen to on the, for your podcast, just go find that. Subscribe to that as well and watch the watch the react. If, if nothing else, like if you don't give a shit about Halterman or don't give a shit about sports, just watch to see basically them squirm as they go through this process together because it is it is quite funny. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm Beard Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Halterman, good luck uh, with your uh, your liver in the next Thank you. Uh, 24 hours. Um, good luck with everything. I'm sure you'll have a hangover tomorrow if I know you well, and I do. So good luck with that. I'm Beard Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck this weekend.
RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. The University of Oklahoma is bigger than some punk ass coach from Texas.